Well, Happy New Year. Uh, it's always a joy to begin a new year, always unique when you get to start the new year on New Year's Day. doesn't happen as often as, as uh, the new year comes around, so we're grateful for the chance to be in the Lord's house on this New Year's Day. Um, and I just think we have lots to be thankful for. So I'm going to go a little off-road, so imagine yourself in a Jeep or a a Bronco or a Land Rover or wherever you want to go off-roading in. And uh, let's, let's talk about Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for in 2023? I'm asking for it. Tell me, what has what the Lord given you Thanksgiving for? His word. His word. I'm sorry? The Lord himself. The Lord himself. Amen. Promises. His promises. Getting through 2022. Getting through 2022. <laughs> Amen to that. What else? What else are you thankful for? I'm thankful for a new generation. I'm a grandpa. That's fun. What else? I'm sorry? Fellowship and community. Yeah. We can't do this alone, can we? The scriptures say, say that iron sharpens iron, and we just need each other to get, to get better, you know? God's got more for each of us. We can't be isolated. What else? Family, amen to that. Healing, praise the Lord. Lord, I want to be healed. We'll get there. What else? Other things you pay, I'm sorry? God's faithfulness. God is so faithful. We had, we had an uh, interesting Christmas. We left on Christmas morning. I've never not been in a church service on Christmas morning. Like growing up as a child, we always were in church on Christmas morning. I was leading a service from the time I was ordained on Christmas morning, so it was a unique thing. But we hopped on a plane and flew down to see Kristen's father and uh, stepmother. And uh, while he, he was in the hospital because he had passed out a few times, and we come to discover that he's got cancer. He's got lung cancer that's metastasized to his brain. And yet, for the grace of God, his personality is buoyant. And I was just amazed at the, the blessing that it was. We don't know what's next. We know that it's treatable. We know that we're going to move forward. Uh, but just the joy that he had, the, the, the countenance that he carried, was, was just so healthy and joyful. And uh, I, we pray, and we prayed for him, laid hands on him, uh, that he would know that the sovereignty of God is where his joy resides. So we, we talk about Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful for so many things. I'm thankful for this church. And as I pray for the new year, I think we'll talk more about it when we get to our annual meeting. But I, I hear the Lord saying some things. And before I say those things, I, I think that it's also fair for us not only to offer our thanksgivings and speak them out loud, but to say, Lord, what do you want to proclaim in the new year? What are you saying to your people about what this year is going to be? What proclamations do you have? What things is the Lord showing you that's going to happen? You want to claim it in 2023. What things are you proclaiming this year? Anyone? Bueller?
awesome. Yeah. For those of you who are watching at home, one, the question is, can one act of kindness change the world? And mathematically, they've proven, yes, it can, because it ripples out from that first action. Pur purposefully taking on acts of kindness. That's great. What other things do you want to proclaim for 2023? A new job. A new job. Hallelujah. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. We believe. What else? I, yes, F. Amen. Uh, Ev just said that, that our, our life groups would be transformational in such a way that we would grow together in the body of Christ, and I, I agree with that. It's going to be a different year. It, mind you, a, a lot of people have responded, hey, that's not the group I would have chosen or put myself in, but let's see what God's going to do. And I love that attitude. I'm so excited to see what the Lord's going to do because he's you know, he's percolating and, and starting new things. There's newness coming in this new year. It's not just because it's the new year. It's not just because we're making re resolutions and proclamations. We can proclaim, I'm not asking you to speak out those things that you, you uh, wish would happen, but you have this sense that God's already at work doing these things. You had just said, setting the captives free. The captives free. Amen. Let this year be a year where the Captives are set free, free from addiction, free from generational sin, free from any bondage of any form that God would give us just this freedom. You, you hear me pray it at the end of every uh, service. I give a blessing, and in the blessing that I've gladly stolen from Bishop Stow of Alabama, it says, make no peace with oppression. There's so much we make agreement with that we don't even realize it. We, it might be a joke or a quip or or just even, well, you know, I guess it's a Chinese curse, you know, oh, to live in interesting times, right? Well, we don't have to embrace curses in our lives. We need to rebuke them. We need to set them out and, and be rid of them and, and take on the characteristics and the blessings of God. What other proclamations? Divine breakthrough. Yeah. And sometimes they're not as, as we expect, right? We see divine breakthrough sometimes only in our mindset, what we, we want to see. But God in his divine uh, beauty shows us sometimes there's a different way. Divine breakthrough. I like that. I see joy, not because she's in our midst of the Unger family, um, I see joy. The Lord has just shown me just this uh, un un inexpressible, uncontainable joy that we are in a place right now that the, that the Lord, you've heard me say these words and, and they're principles that I've learned from mentors, especially my friend Jan. 
that we shouldn't be in a place where we allow offense. We should be unoffendable. And the inverse of that, the opposite of that, the other side of that means that we have to embrace true intimacy. True intimacy. Now, lots of people in our culture that's been so perverted and changed that we think of all sorts of other things. We're not going to go there. But when we talk about biblical intimacy, we talk about everything being put in the Lord's light. That we will see the fullness of the Lord. That we will see the fullness of each other. Good, bad, and ugly, we will work to be the image that God has made us to be. And we have peace there. There's joy there. We have been talking a lot about formation. I want you to make a sound for me. Can you make this sound? Ready? One, two, three. That's what it sounds like when you take a big wad of clay and you throw it onto a potter's wheel. It's just a messy, sticky, yucky mess, but it's so much fun. I don't know if you've ever uh, put a, a wad of clay on a potter's wheel. It hits hard and it's got to be centered just right. It's sticky and gross and messy and so satisfying. There's just something about throwing a pot that is just so satisfying that your hands are forming and shaping something turning it is so satisfying for our lord to be shaping you do you feel that can you absorb that god loves you so much that he's forming you and that's why it's been so important for us for father andrew and myself to be talking about formation talking about this rule of life we don't want to throw more rules at you but because what a rule of life is god getting charge of you you're agreeing with him I want to be formed. I want to be better. I want to be discipled. I want to be changed. I want to be, as Ev said, transformed. I want to be in a place where I'm choosing life. I hear this Old Testament passage this morning. And uh, it, it just it gives me uh, incredible joy for Isaiah to speak out of, of uh, chapter 61 of Isaiah. He says, I will... Greatly rejoice in the Lord, my soul shall exalt my God, for he has clothed me. We need the Lord to clothe us. We talk about the full armor of God. We can talk about uh, caricatures, that's the word I'm looking for, sort of cartoonish pictures of what, what it might look like if God were to clothe us. But really what we need to do is let him replace the skin that we're in. Because the skin that we're in absorbs what's going on in the world. And the world, the flesh, and the devil want us to separate from God. They want to separate from each other. They want us to isolate and die. It was the first proclamation of evil over the world. Oh, if you eat of this, surely you won't die. It's the first lie of the enemy. But when we eat of the world, when we clothe ourselves in the world, when we agree with things that are of the enemy, we're dying slowly. Might not kill us immediately, but it's killing us. And the flesh is killing us. So in this passage, as, as uh, Isaiah is saying, for Zion's sakes, you just can't keep silent. Shout it out. God is righteous and he's clothing you with righteousness. Will you let him? Will this year be a year where you let him clothe you 
with righteousness? I've been reading so many reports of statistics about marriage and about families and about how things fall apart and how we struggle because we want so badly for what we know in our heart of hearts and in our faith to be passed on to the next generation, to be picked up as a banner over them. And yet we also know the failings of ourselves. And we're like, I don't think I want to say to my kids, do as I say, not as I did. But the, pro- the truth, the proclamation that we have to live with is, please do as I say, because I didn't do it right the first go around. And I love you too much to let you make the same mistakes. There's an honesty there that allows the, the story to be told that I made some mistakes and the Lord is redeeming me and working on me and I want to walk right alongside of you. It's very different from... Do as I say, not as I did. (laughs) Do you see the difference? That's a, a church that is a life, that is a people that are in the light. God is righteous and he's clothing us and he will no longer allow the world to speak this word of desolation over you, but he's speaking a word. You are my delight. I delight in you. I delight in your laughter. I delight in your time with me. You know, the older I get, uh, the younger I want to be. <laughs> the older I get, the more I uh, realize I delight in time. In the 80s, there were plenty of psychologists that were out there saying, we need to have, uh, you know, quality time. Bologna sauce. We need quantity time. We need to have as much time as we can get. We need to hold it captive. We need to do good things with it. And that doesn't mean that you have an agenda for everything. But it means sometimes it takes doing something like picking up the phone and calling and calling and calling and calling again. Or going on a date with your kids and making sure that that date is set every week. Going on a date with your spouse or your friend. Making sure that that date is set every week. So that whether nothing is said or something is said, there's time you've gotten to be able to soak with each other in his presence. The body of Christ needs that. We need each other. We need to be in a place where we can uh, delight in each other so that we reflect the delight that he has in us. Today, from Galatians, Paul said to us, Now faith has freed you. You're no longer children, but you're being called heirs. Why? Because you heard the good news. You responded to it. You made it a part of who you are. And now you're living out a discipline of that life. Well, let's go back to that that clay. If God is forming you, you have to be obedient to the hands that are shaping you, right? You have to allow for him. You have to invite him in to shape you, to make you into the structure that he needs you to be. And that starts off with a a delight in his work, in his will. It's a joy for us to choose his life. So the word this morning is really asking us, will you in this year, this new year, this new beginning, in incarnate faith, as we just celebrated the birth of Christ, Will you allow him to form you? How does that begin? 
It begins by making the choice. Some of you chose to come forward and bow your knees before the altar as, as uh, Laura invited you to come forward and, and, and begin afresh and lay things down before. Like, let go of all the junk, all the stuff that stands in the way. Many of you did that in your hearts if you didn't come forward. And I understand uh, just doing that, that, that is a great way to choose, to make the sense that you drew a line in the sand. What's that called in the scripture again and again and again? It's called obedience. Obedience. Obedience is our outward response to the call of God. Our making it purposeful. Our doing something to express it. it oftentimes we're just like, mm -hmm, I'll do that, God. We do it quietly in our hearts because we, we just don't want to make a, a thing of it. We don't want anybody else in our business, right? But sometimes we need to be obedient outwardly to just say, hold me accountable, people, friends, body of Christ. Walk with me in this. This is a year that God is going to bring us victory if we are living in obedience with purpose. How does that happen? Discipline. It can't happen. You can't be a, a marathon runner without the discipline of running on a regular basis, right? Dan Morgan is going to become a marathon runner. Right. It, it could be possible if that's what the Lord wanted for me to do. I don't believe it. he is asking me to do that. But when we talked about it through the rule of life, this is what stability is. When we get disciplined, then we're grounded in God. We're grounded in what he wants for us. We're grounded in the fact that we've practiced this over and over and over. So we've got people around us in the body who know that we're working out for a marathon. And what do they say? Oh, you'll never do it. No, that's the enemy, right? They're saying, stick with it. You can do this. You got this. God's working this in you. Keep trying. Keep working out. People who have understanding of kinesiology and sports, uh, you know, how, how to work muscles and all that kind of stuff, they'll come alongside of you and they'll say, hey, maybe, maybe you'll get a better push off if you do these exercises so these muscles are stronger in your body. All the pieces come together so you can run that marathon. But it comes through discipline, which is stability. So it's obedience, stability, and you know from the rule of life, the next part in this of the three vows that you make in a rule of life is what? Anybody remember? Renewal of life. You gotta, you gotta wake up in the morning and say, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday, I may have failed and failed and failed and failed and failed again. But today's a new day. And I'm not insane. They say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Well, the different result is not because you're doing it. The different result is because you're asking God to enter into those broken places. You're asking God to enter into making those changes so that we have victory on a daily basis. Victory on a daily basis. We can say, uh, I just started with with a coach who's, who's helping me get my head wrapped around my laziness and trying to get healthy 
You know, I've been, had a bum leg for three years, and it's time for me to get busy. Lose some weight, get healthy, and I'm not going to go on some crazy binge diet or do any, anything, you know, off the board, but I want to get healthy. And the first thing she said is, so how much water a day do you drink? I'm like, you mean like water that goes into my coffee? She goes, mm-mm. You mean like water that's in my soda? No, and you shouldn't be drinking soda. You mean like water that's in the milk that I drink or the, the Gatorade or the other things that I drink that have flavor? Because I hate drinking water that has no flavor. No, I mean just water, water. I'm like, mm, maybe about two ounces a day. Because it just gives, I hate, I hate something without flavor. It's just weird. But I just love stuff with flavor in it. She goes, I need you to drink 96 ounces of water a day. <laughs> this little piggy went wee, wee, wee all the way home. You know? But where do you start with that? So the, over the last week, I have started the discipline as part of my rule of life. I am going to drink water every day. And I wake up in the morning and I say, Lord, I need your help. And thankfully, I can say, no problem with 32 ounces. Working on 64, but 96, you're still a far way off. But I'll get there. And it's supposed to, it's supposed to, it's supposed to help. And it, it's going to help. It's going to make me feel better. And it's going to help the pounds come off. But it's a daily discipline so that I can see victory in each day. I have been victorious this past week of drinking more than two ounces. Hallelujah! The Lord is not allowing the enemy to speak desolation over my body, but he's allowing me to see that I am his delight. The Lord gave me a passage for me to ponder, and I believe it's a passage for us to ponder together. It's from 1 Colossians chapter 1. This is a word, uh, a word from the word for 2023. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. I knew about St. Luke, Luke's church, St. Luke's ministries long before I ever dreamed I'd ever live in Ohio, having no idea where really Ohio was, being a, you know, Died in the wool, New England, ah. But I knew of your faith because it was similar to a church that was nearby where I grew up. It was proclaiming the word and the power of the Holy Spirit. And people around the country were asking questions. Who is this Holy Spirit? And how do we release him in our lives? And people like Terry Fulham and Chuck Irish and others and the teams that went out from this place trained people up in the work of the Holy Spirit. There's still a deposit, a godly deposit, that many of you were a part of. And if you're new to us, you're still reaping the benefit from the outpouring, the impartation that was given to this church and is still going. Paul goes on to say, Of this you have heard before the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed the whole world is bearing fruit and increasing 
as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. It's been made known, the, the, the power of this community, because of the faithful witnesses that have been here and spoken to others throughout the diocese, throughout the country, about the faithfulness, the prayerfulness, the healing, the grace that's been poured out in this place. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased praying for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in the spirit of wisdom and understanding. So here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's where the rule of life becomes flesh for me as I'm reading it. I'm hearing this word to you, this word to me. So walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. St. Luke's let 2023 be a year where we are purposefully walking out our calling from the Lord to be joyful, to be obedient and have stability and renewal daily. Fully pleasing him. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Can that be our prayer this year? That we, we would bear fruit in everything we put our hand to and that we would increase in knowing him. You could start with zero today. You could say, I don't have a prayer life. I don't have, a, you know, I, I don't know Bible study from jet fuel. It does, I, I don't know because I don't do it. It's boring to me. It's lifeless. Let me say this. Invite the Lord into that prayer time, into your reading of the word, and it will come alive for you. He goes on to say, be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patient with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in his inheritance as saints in light. Here we go. There's that intimacy. Saints in light means everything is revealed. We pray at the beginning of every service. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open. The light has completely revealed who you are. All desires are known. No secrets are hid. There are no shadows with the Lord. And... We are so thankful because in verse 13 of Colossians 1, he says, he has delivered you, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. When John sat to, to write his gospel, John wasn't like the other gospel writers. John wanted you to know the mystical truth behind the faith that we believe. And he says, it's very difficult to convey this message of faith without you having a, a grounded understanding, a, a point of view, a worldview, a reference point. It's so easy for us to see the Lord because we have that grounding. We believe that God is the prime mover of all things. But we have a world out there that more than 50% of, I would venture, probably more like 75% of our world and maybe more, don't believe that God created the heavens and the earth. 
And we can't, we're not, it's not your job to convince them of that. It's your job to introduce them to that thought and let God convince them of his power and his presence. So in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Wow. All things were made through him. God is the one who gives us that establishment. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not, cannot, will never overcome it. He gives us a true light. There's revelation for us to see. There's more revelation for you. Are, can, can I get an amen with that? God wants to show you more. Do you think you, you've got it all down? And I joked in the middle of the uh, you know, summary of the law that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength. That have we gotten that down yet? You know, as if it were, were possible. We're not there yet. We have more to do and more to grow. And God is continuing to give us revelation. But he gives us more than revelation. He gives us flesh. The word, the ruach, the breath of God, the power of God. It became flesh and took up its residence with you, with me. God is with us. His presence is here. That's what the incarnation is about. That's why we make a big deal. It's not about the presence. It's not about Santa. It's not about any of these things that we do. Hopefully, all of those things point to the one who has come and encased himself in flesh to be able to reveal to you that he thinks of you as precious. He thinks of you not as desolate, not as worthless, not as beyond hope but he thinks of you as his delight. He delights in you so much that he made his presence known in the frailty and the innocence of a child. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. So my friends, as we begin 2023, I believe that the Lord has given us a word that he has spoken joy over us. This will be a year of great joy. This will be a year of formation. Whether you're in a small group or not, this will be a year where I believe that he wants to take your discipline to a different level. This will be a year where his proclamation over us is one of healing. I believe that I will see the hole in my leg close this year. I believe it. It may not look like it right now, but I believe that it's going to close. And I believe all the other things that we're experiencing, whether it be cancer or deaths or any of those things that are around us, we are able to see his victory in the middle of it so we can trust in his sovereignty. So if he takes people home, we can glorify God because he's taken them to be in his midst, which is so much better than the brokenness of this world. God is taking joy in us and every day we can experience it through daily victories 32 ounces at a time <laughs> right when i was in uh woodbridge virginia my friend jan spoke a word over me wasn't sure what he meant but he used an analogy that re resonated in me i i am a, a hunter I, li I like to shoot guns i like target shooting have ever since I was a little boy in Boy Scouts, it was one of my favorite things to do, was go to the rifle range. 
And he said, Dan, the Lord has anointed you. He's appointed you with an apostolic anointing set aside to lead leaders, to lead people in their formation. He didn't use those words, but he used words very much like it. And as you began, you began in such a way that you were able to, to hit the target with shotgun, with the ability to, to be able to hit a broad target. But he's, he's given you a, a, the ability to take that shotgun and be more accurate with it. And so while pellets no longer are the projectile of his choice, he's given you a slug. And that slug is going to hit right on target. And as he perfects his gifts in you, he's changed you to being somebody who shoots a pistol with accuracy from several hundred yards away. But the Lord has now proclaimed in you a time, a season in your life where you are going to have pinpoint accuracy from miles away. And the, what the Lord wants to, to reveal in that is that he wants to unpack your ability to reach people that you can't even see yet, that are at a distance that can be seen through a scope, but are so pinpoint and accurate. And at the time, I was like, yeah, okay. It's like when somebody says to you, you're going to affect worlds with your word. I'm like, okay, thanks. How am I going to affect worlds? But the crazy thing is I've seen it. I've seen the Lord take me to Africa, to uh, Russia, to South America, to Belize, to Mexico, to various places around the world. And as he's gifted me in those times, one act of kindness has changed that world and those ripples go out from there. I don't think of myself as a world changer, but God does. He takes delight in me. So as I see him unpacking this gift of pinpoint accuracy from miles away, I hear the Lord saying, St. Luke's, this isn't just a word for Dan, but God wants to detonate something in and through you to change a lot more than just this community. He wants your, your impact to go out from these walls to change people so for decades, for years, for uh, centuries, people will know that St. Luke's is a place where the Holy Spirit resides, that healing happens, that transformation begins, that lives are changed, and people are discipled in such a way that they disciple disciples, and they disciple disciples, and they disciples and disciples so that the ripples go out from here. You have been given a unique testimony. Go shout it to the world that the Lord has clothed you in righteousness and he delights in you, my friends. Amen? Amen. Amen.